Hey everybody, it's day 19 on our 40-day tour through the Gospel of John. We're up to John chapter 8, starting in verse 21, and we've got a lot of verses to cover today, so let's dive right in. So who are you? What's your name, and, and do you know the meaning of your name? For us to better understand this part of John chapter 8, it helps for us to do a little research on, on a name, and not just any name, but the name for God. Back in Exodus chapter 3, God appears to Moses through a burning bush and he calls Moses to to lead his people from slavery to freedom and a new life. And as he does, Moses kind of resists the, the, the call and the invitation, but God persists. And finally, Moses relents and, and he answers the call faithfully. But his last question of God in Exodus chapter 3 is, who are you? What's your name? If people ask me who you are, what do I tell them? And God gives Moses a name that is not just a a word, but a a name that has meaning and, and helps us better understand who God is. My name is Yahweh, God says. The best English translation we have of the original Hebrew, and in the original Hebrew of Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, it's given as just four consonants. Translated loosely into English, it's a Y, an H, a W, and an H. Yahweh is my name, which most profoundly means and simply, I am. That's it. That's my name. I am. There never is a time when I was not. There never will be a time when I will not be. And I am right now. That's who I am. That's my name, God is saying to Moses. Tell people, I am sent you. Now keep that very cool definition of God's name in mind, and we'll dive back into John chapter 8. Jesus is going back and forth again with the religious leaders, and here's what he says, only this he's directing to his believers, the people who are hearing him teach in the temple. And Jesus says this to them, John chapter 8, verse 31 in our Bible reading for today. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. You're truly my students, my disciples, that you're connected to me. If you stay connected, if you stick with my teaching, but the original Greek actually would be translated literally this way. You're truly my disciples. You're truly my followers. You truly belong to me. If you stick to my logos in the Greek, to my word, we know that the word word is a big deal in John's gospel. That's the way he starts the whole thing. In the beginning was the logos, was the word, John writes. And this word was God and, uh, and is God. And this word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. And this word has a name we come to find out. And this word's name is Jesus Christ. There's a lot of meaning in, in these names. The name for, for God in Exodus 3.14. The name that Jesus is taking on in John's gospel. The word, the logos. But it gets even better as we go through this part of John chapter 8. You will know the truth, Jesus says, next breath out of his mouth, chapter 8 of John's gospel, verse 32. If you remain, if you, if you abide, meno in the original Greek, if you stay connected to my aletheia in the original Greek, if you stay connected to my truth, a divine truth, not just true and false on a, on a pop quiz at school, but if you stay connected, if you stay and stick with my divine truth, with my word, then you'll know this truth this aletheia, and this aletheia will set you free. Eleutheru is the word for freedom. If you know the truth, the truth will set you free. A lot of people know this verse even if they don't know the Bible. But this is the context in which this verse comes out. 
If you stick with my word, my logos, then you'll know the truth. If you know my name, then you'll know the truth, and that truth will lead you to a freedom, and then you'll know a divine truth that will lead you to a, a liberation and a freedom from your sin is what these words in the original Greek imply. So let's unpack that one more time, because repetition can be a really good teacher. If you know my name, if you know that I'm the word, you'll know the truth, and the truth, the divine truth from God, because what I say, the Father in heaven says, and that truth will set you free from your sins, will set you free from darkness, is the other implication of the original Greek. Well, who doesn't want more of that? Who doesn't want to be free from the darkness of evil? Who doesn't want to be washed clean of our sin and given a whole do-over and, and a new life? This is what Jesus is saying here. And this is a summary statement of his teaching. If you want freedom, you have to know the truth. If you want to know the truth, you have to know who God is. You have to be able to understand and identify God for who God really is. The great I am, Yahweh, the word that comes to life for us. But the religious leaders of Jesus' day won't accept it, and so they push back. Who do you think you are? We're, we're descendants of Abraham. We've never been slaves to anyone. Why do we need to be set free from our sin? There's no way. What do you mean you'll be set free? And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. But if I set you free, verse 36, you are truly free. Well, that's an audacious statement. Unless you're God... A lot of people wrongly assume, and maybe you've heard them, and, and maybe you believe this or have been tempted to believe this somewhere along the way, that Christians kind of make too big of a deal out of Jesus. Yes, yeah, sure, he was a great teacher. He was a great leader, a, a revolutionary even. He, maybe even a prophet and a miracle worker. But to call him the son of God or to call him God in flesh, in, in human form, come on. But that's precisely where Jesus is going here. He's saying that if I set you free, you're free. Well, who else has the authority to set us free from our sin? Yahweh, God. But it gets even better. They push back on Jesus. Verse 39, they say, our father is Abraham. And Jesus pushes back then on them and says, actually, your father is the devil. <laughs> I mean, Jesus isn't, isn't holding anything back anymore. He says, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. And Jesus says, if God were your true father, verse 42, you would love me and know, you'd know me. You could see me for who I am. The people retorted in verse 48, you're a Samaritan devil. Now <laughs> They're just mad. You can almost feel the boiling over starting to happen. They know he's not a Samaritan, but they're calling him a Samaritan because they have deep prejudice in their hearts towards Samaritans. They say, we don't want, we're dismissing you. We don't want anything to do with you. Didn't we say all along that you were possessed by a demon? And Jesus and these religious leaders go back and forth, and they keep pushing back toward Abraham. Abraham was the one that God called, starting in Genesis chapter 12, to be the father of, of Israel, the father of this great nation of God's people sort of the George Washington of Israel, if you want to kind of connect to the story a little bit more. So they're saying, we're descendants of Abraham. What are you? You're a carpenter's kid from Nazareth. And since we don't like you, we're going to call you a Samaritan. We're going to say you don't even really fully belong to Abraham. And that's when Jesus says something that I don't want you to miss. Skipping down to verse 58, he finally puts it out there. People who say, well, Christians say that Jesus claims to be God, but Jesus himself never claimed to be God. Ah, oh, but he did. <laughs> he did very clearly here in John chapter 8, verse 58. 
Because as the religious leaders keep pushing and saying, yeah, but we're descendants of Abraham, and who are you? What's your name? And what does it mean? Jesus says, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was even born, I am. Ego eimi in the original Greek. I am. Yahweh means I am. The ego eimi of the Old Testament becomes the ego eimi of the New Testament. The God who called Moses in the burning bush shows up in John chapter 8 and says, that's me. I'm the one who spoke to Moses in the burning bush. I am. This is who I am. At that point, they picked up stones to throw at him. Now their anger had boiled completely over. Remember John chapter 8 started with the story of the woman caught in adultery and these same religious leaders picked up stones to stone her to death until Jesus pushed them away and taught them a lesson about grace and truth. And now by the end of John chapter 8, Jesus has stepped right into the firing line for them. He, he's, he's moved this woman caught in the sin of adultery out of the way and he's dying for her sins. And now they're taking up stones to kill him. Jesus called himself God. And for this, they'd nail him to a cross. He got killed for saying this, for saying the truth. If we don't know the truth, we aren't going to have freedom. And if we don't know the truth of God's word and the identity of God, we aren't going to see that Jesus is the great I am. Not just I am a good prophet, I am a good leader, I am a miracle worker, I am Yahweh. That's what Jesus is saying here. And for that, he's going to get nailed to a cross. Jesus called himself God, which his accusers would say is blasphemy. Well, it is, unless, of course, it's true. Unless, of course, he really is God. And, of course, he is. And if we continue to stick with him, like Jesus says earlier in this chapter, if you stick with my word, my logos, you will know the truth. And this truth will set you free from your sins. Stick with Jesus. We'll see you tomorrow. Please like, review, and share on whatever platform you're using that helps us get the word out. And join us for weekend worship. You can go to lutheranchurchofhope.org to find out how. We'll see you there. Oh,